I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on again this week with JB, and I'm joined by Pistol again, mate. Back-to-back weeks for us. Not the illustrious Pistol. I've lost the title, have I? Hey, I saw your score this week. The title's gone. <laughs> it's long gone. Do you want to, do you want to tell the oh. – we can start with you. Do you want to tell the oh, people? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, Get out um, of the way. Rip the bandit off. Yeah, it wasn't great. I, <laughs> you know what's funny? Everyone's like, "Oh, I benched Weddle and I benched Humphrey or I benched Atkins and I lost these, you know, r- rookie roulette and I score really badly." And I'm like looking at my team and I benched Drury's twelve to take <laughs> Simpson's twenty and gain points. So small, I won small the wins, rookie roulette uh, realistically and still only ended up with a two five o three. So I fell. I'm just hovering. I fell 118 spots to 1521. So just outside the top 1K as I've been for like three weeks now. Um, I've moved 200 spots in three weeks. So that's impressive. It's crazy that because that's typically an unbelievable score. No, this round it's pretty pretty average. That's um, that, that is just like the contract that the round was so good that there was a week earlier. It was like week two or three where we were. Like if we were getting over two thousand, we were like, "Let's go!" And now it's like twenty five hundred, and I drop ranks. Like it's it's just crazy how many ebbs and flows are in this game. And I know you've been waiting for it, but how did you go this week, JB? I, I've not been waiting for it because you've you know I'm not it. a bragger. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get no, it out I, the way. I had a good week. I had a, I, I ranked eight hundred ninety four for the week, so it was a good one. I unfortunately lost my one rookie roulette that I was a. Uh, counting on and I benched Humphrey for Simpson um, I took that as I'm just glad to have owned Humphrey I guess um, and, but the, the 80 points 81 points that I lost there 
was upsetting because I scored 26.56. It would have put me in a much like 80 points is crazy in a week. No matter how well you end up scoring, 80 points is still massive. Um, but I'm up to rank 2,611. So um, I think I was the slowest podcaster to sort of get into gear this year. I think Absolutely. I was ranked 10. I got into the 10K, I think, three weeks ago. Um, and since then, yeah. it's been good strides. So I think you've halved your rank pretty much for the most of the last three weeks, I think. So yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, you're about one week away from overtaking me. <laughs> <laughs> it might be that way. Um, now, my team is shaping up pretty well. We both have Clayton Oliver to look at, but before we get into that, firstly, we are powered by Code Sports again, so very thankful for our sponsors at Code Sports. Um, and before we get into anything else, we do also have a couple of Cancer Council donations. So first up, we have CD Boom, who's straight captains Oliver on a Friday night. Thanks very much for your donation. Thankfully, you got out of that one uh, without egg on your face. Uh, to Jeff Lane, he says, uh, Josh Dunkley C, thank you, JB. If that's referring to your captaincy videos, JB, where you said to Captain Dunkley or Zeret. So Huge. you really nailed that. Yeah, absolutely yeah, nailed two it. For two. You, you, honestly, I do appreciate that. I'm getting a lot of love on Slack and um, on the YouTube in the YouTube comments. Much appreciated. If you haven't checked out the captain's videos, um, they're every single week, usually on a Thursday. I think last week was on a Friday, though. Um, so there, I think it drops around when teams drop. So, um, I have hit most of them this year. So I, I do see myself as a good captainer. That's the last brag I'll do this podcast. <laughs> In the midst brag, you know, the last week and the week before rookie rankings that we did, um, on the Monday podcast before, you know, we could ignore the Thursday podcast on the Monday podcast yeah, yeah. had Humphreys as, as number one. And the one before that we had Atkins and Weddle as one and two. So, um, Lots going right for the listeners. Unfortunately, I haven't taken a single word of my own advice or your captaincy advice, so that's why it's <laughs> gone badly for the last three weeks for me. But anyway, Delwyn says, um, donating for dumb things because I benched Sinclair to take Weddle's score. Not dumb. Not dumb in my opinion. I think that was You've got to take a 114 if it appears yep. on your bench. Uh, it's yep. just that's unlucky, but I appreciate the donation. Nonetheless, that's just rough. And then you're not the only one. There was a couple guys that have done that. So yep. that's Absolutely. tough. Jason has donated for dumb things. Didn't realize that I could have loopholed Simpson with Wilmot via DPP. So I ended up with Simpson's 20 on the field and Wilmot's 83 on the bench. Um, the donation amount represents Wilmot's score multiplied by Simpson's score. <laughs> I, I appreciate the donation and the maths behind the donation. Thanks very much, Jason. That that is clever, a, a very clever way to donate. We love clever ways to donate. That is more of a donate for dumb things, but um, it's unfortunate because sometimes these loops with all the DPPs we've got access to this year, they just don't appear to you until it's a little bit too late. And uh, there was a week earlier in the season where I give you m m all the credit in the world because you messaged me about Liam Jones, who was 80, who had an eighty eight on my bench, and said, "Oh, by the way, um, really lucky that you were able to take that Liam Jones score." And I had a look and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can take that score. <laughs> I was I was really depressed that I was going to miss that one um, until you pointed it out. So sometimes it just takes a second look on your team and, and you're like, oh wow, that's actually really, really obvious, isn't it? So it happens to the best of us, Jason. I think um, I, I, that same week, someone else did the same thing. I think it was Pizza Safety on Twitter. I think I also shouted out the Liam jones loophole the same one so i got a couple of people with that one it was a hard one to see um 
Alrighty, that is the last donation for the Cancer Council. Thanks, everybody, for your donations. Uh, absolutely flying this year with already a couple of hundred dollars raised for the Cancer Council. So uh, it's just, yeah, super appreciated. Yeah, people people looking after us on the Cancer Council. So always very appreciative of, of the work that goes in there from the community. Um, and it's, it's a real culture in, in Slack. You go in there and we don't promote gambling. There There is a betting channel where everyone can just do it we don't want judgmental people can do what they want in there it's a dark side of slack um but on top of that you have people in other channels like oh this captain's not going to score that or ten dollars to the cancer council uh and that's just incredible like that's above and beyond what anyone needs to actually do um so it's really cool now i've been trying to click around and look for the leagues because i wanted to just shout out a couple of our leagues but um i'm struggling to find where it is Oh, but well. essentially, um, we've got we've got some good <laughs> leagues up there. So shout out to you guys, and we'll, we'll eighteen men that. leagues, the real leagues. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what other what other leagues are there? It's all, all of them. Wow, basically. you can sort by. Oh, I found it: six team, eight team, ten, twelve, fourteen, twenty team leagues. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's, that's cheating. Standard isn't it? now, but yeah, that's so, cheating. That's I mean, you've got I mean, too that's, many. That's too many teams. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. So all right, well, now now while I'm here, um, looks like <laughs> leagues uh, three, four, five, six, eight, uh, eleven, um, that many? sixteen. I am not in nearly any of these. No wonder they're doing well. Well, you are in at least four of them because all it's true. Actually, people may have been added, added me, and I may not. Have I don't think you're in the young bucks. So that one's leading us um, at three. I don't. I don't think you qualify for that one, do you? No, it's unfortunately I do not. But thanks for having that in. I'm in that one, just so you know. Thanks, JB. Appreciate it. I got you. Okay, let's get into <laughs> some Supercoach chat. So uh, the big thing, obviously, the big bit of news that is just coming through from Melbourne, Clayton Oliver is going to miss a, what did they say, a short-term? Short-term. It's a short, yeah. short-term injury. Um, so they're removing weeks from it, which clubs are tending to do at the moment. So I per- So for a hamstring, in my opinion, if you – if you strain your hamstring in any way, there is no such thing as a one-week hamstring. Like there is the occasional player in the league that has like these miraculous healing abilities and they like, like Jack they Steel. do things like <laughs> Jack Steele and they get it back in like before the desired timeline. But hamstrings like maybe I've seen a one-week hamstring once and like it was, it just wasn't that like it wasn't really a strain. It was more of like a niggle. Um, when, I think this is yeah. like a, two to three week injury. I think I can safely say two to three. If it's three, then the buy follows the third week of injury. So it's a four weeker. I mean, they may as well. Like if they've got the buy there to just give them the three weeks plus one bonus, just extra yep. recovery. Um, look, there might be more news later in the week, so this whole discussion might be irrelevant. If it's one week, I'm holding. If it's two weeks flat, JB, and they come out and they say it's two weeks, will you be holding? I personally won't be. Um, I think it's a it's a real discussion of like how many trades, how many upgrades, and it's going to really become for a lot of teams the discussion of what the money actually does for you, whether you think you can confidently get him back. Um, and and essentially where your rookies are at and, and sort of how much money that you are generating because some teams are going to trade him out 
go down in money and just know for a fact they probably can't get them back unless everything goes right. Yeah, and like I think me. that's okay. <laughs> and, and yeah, it is like you, but I think that's okay because it's it's a bit of an opportunity to just generate a bit of cash where you did not think you were going to get any from. So I think it's okay. It's okay. Well, if it's two weeks, like if they say it's a one to two weeker, I probably would hold him because I am in a dire trade situation. But if short term, if we have no more information, then I'm just going to trade because I think we'll probably be four weeks and that's a long time. I know it runs through the buys and you can get away with it and that makes me feel better about a two-weeker. Um, but as soon as that. it's a three, it's a four-weeker. So it's just that's a lot. Can I disagree with the, uh, it's going through the buys and you're hiding him in the buys? This year might be the, the most difficult year to get 18 on field Hiding him in the buys doesn't mean you're taking a 50. It probably means you're taking a zero. And if you're taking a zero to, to what other people get, you know, a, a Lockie Neal or a Zach Merritt or a Caleb Strong, or we'll talk about options later. But if people are doing that instead, um, you're probably dropping like a – people are probably dropping a couple of tons on your decision. I think it's the worst year to do that. And unless you're really set up for the buyers and you have to really look at your team and your buy structure – um, I, I think it's yeah, it's it's you're probably in a worse position this year than any other year to do that sort of thing. One in, one in will be round device. thirteen though, which everyone will be that's, able to. That's the you, okay one. You yeah. get eighteen premiums out probably. So yeah, then it's really only a two week injury, basically like a two week missed in terms of points on your field. Who do you have on your midfield bench right now? Me, I got no one. Well, I got, do I. I got and I'm in an okay position. I got Matt Johnson. Yeah, uh, he might play, so that will be good. I got Drury, so that's uh, combined yeah. points so far is not great. And Constable, so I, I got Roberts on top of that. Sharp, Angwin, Simpson, like all these. None of these guys. Scored no, I got those guys on my points. field. <laughs> well, that's that's a bit troubling, but uh, none of those guys scored fifty points or more this week. And two of them were, three of them were sub affected, and Angwin might as well have been sub affected. Like it's it's really. It's really dire on the bench for, I would assume, 90% of the player base. If it's not, then sure, you can you can convince me, you can twist my arm. But like, what are you doing? Are you going to a Wardlaw early to sort yeah. of like get someone to cover him? I don't like doing that though. I don't, I don't like the, you know, starting the trend of getting in a rookie early <laughs> each week because you've gotten one the last week, which you have done to yourself this the year whole as well. season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it starts a snowball effect. But why you stop end up now? Not being able to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I'll just keep one going. Week, JB. You do you have to stop? No, you do. Have the one to week stop. that I didn't do it was the Atkins weather week, where, where they've been really good rookies. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe so it's just your decision making, but yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know entirely. No, Ward, Wardlaw. I mean, look, the Ford was has scored well, but I wouldn't go early on Ford because his no, role is still a Ford pocket. Can't go early on Ford. Yeah. So that you can't you can't do that, but you might want him if he puts out back to back tons. So we can put a weight on that one. Then you got Wardlaw, who I quite confidently say that you'll definitely want to get because he looks amazing. Um, yeah. So that's two. So then you're yeah. already like, if there's it's a buy round next week though, which so you have true. three trades. trades. That's that's a good yeah. point. You do get the extra trade. Yep, that's fair enough. I mean, if you wanted to <laughs> do something like five four. Something I've just taken you down your whole argument. Yes. Yeah. You pretty much have. You can wait. I mean, yeah, if so you're gonna hold Oliver, you probably want Wardlaw on field, though. I probably feel okay getting. Well, him. that's that's the problem. So holding him doesn't just 
it, do, it doesn't just like you don't just cop your reserve score. You don't just go play a down in most of the buys. When you get you, Humphrey, you also have to go early on someone. And Humphrey is someone who we're going to discuss. Let, we'll, you know what? Let, do you want to just discuss rookies now? It's probably easier yeah, actually do to it. do them first. I dare you. So <laughs> I double dare you. Um, so Bailey Humphrey, negative fifty four break even. If he scores sixty plus this week, he goes up more than fifty k. The next week is the issue because when he goes up more than 50K, he ends up at about 325K. Wow. And if he gets around a 60, then his break even goes to about 30. So then if he potentially gets 60 again, and you can see where I'm going with this, it's only a 15K rise, which means he's made you 60K since you got him. But then he's starting to go down in price. Then he needs those spike scores again. In the two games that you need him to do okay in, he's got Western Bulldogs at TO and Adelaide at TO. Not sure why they have so many games at TO. Someone tell me what's going on with Metricon at the moment. Um, but they've got back-to-back games at TO versus Bulldogs and Adelaide. After that, they've then got the bye and then Carlton, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Port, blah, 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 blah. So you're not going to have him at that stage, I, I wouldn't think. Um, so it, you're really trading him in for like the potential of a 60K plus grab and then he's probably not making you much money unless he keeps spiking. Now, can he keep spiking is the question. He just got 101 against Brisbane, um, backing up his 117 against West Coast at Optus Stadium. Um, I don't know. His role, <laughs> his role, I think he's better than what people expected Flanders' role to be in the preseason. Um, but I didn't think Flanders' role was sustainable. So I definitely don't think a rookie can come in and average 100 in that role. So I'm expecting the 60s. So it's really hard to endorse him as a trading option this week when he's already made, you know, 120k. It was staggering to see, like, flicked open the app. So I was out at dinner on Saturday night, and then you see Humphrey leading disposal go like nine touches a quarter time. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Um, yeah, that is absurd. But I think he only had what 20 for the game, so. It was just positive scaling, I think. It's because he's kicking the goals because West, uh, sorry, Gold Coast are being really competitive at the moment, which yeah. is weird without Took Miller, but they keep doing it. Um, but competitive against Brisbane, like that, that's, that's, that's a good game by them. They were competitive against Melbourne, which is a good game by them. They were obviously good against West Coast. Bulldogs and Adelaide, they're, they're another two good teams. Like, where's the they down could beat game going to come from? They, I mean, they're not going to beat the Bulldogs. I'll, I'll, I would say with quite a lot of confidence that they won't beat the Bulldogs. But Adelaide is, is beatable, I guess. Um, Depends which Adelaide turns up. That's the thing. Adelaide have high variance. They could get blown away at the same time. So I'm just wondering what happens when he's on the other side of that coin with Gold Coast putting together. They're not going to keep doing this for the rest of the season, I wouldn't think. I, don't, I wish they would. I like Gold Coast, but... Um, to keep doing what they're doing feels a little bit unsustainable. And when those downs come, I expect the lower scores to come. And then his cash generation just stops. Yeah. If you trade him in for a 30 this week, then you're like you're pulling your hair out. Yeah, you make what, like 30K and you almost have to trade him the next week. Yeah, and you lose two trades. Yeah, it's a, it's a risk-reward type situation. I mean, we were sitting here saying almost identical things last week yeah, and true. he managed to pull out a ton against Brisbane at the Gabba. So can he do it again? Maybe, and he might, and then we'll, we'll look silly. But it just feels like one... I mean, if you pulled it off last week, you know, kudos. Uh, 
but I just feel a lot better avoiding him this week and, and yeah. picking up someone like Wardlaw if I had to. I think that's that's where my mind goes, JB. Well, I still don't like Wardlaw early. Against Collingwood. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, against Collingwood. And he's already had an injury-prone season in the yes. VFL. So True. I know we haven't seen it at AFL level, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist as much as I wish it didn't. But... Um, look, I, I plan on 100 million percent trading Wardlaw in, um, but it will not be this week under any circumstance. So I'm, I'm just trying to – it's it's hard because you consider everything and he I need to is field going someone, to be the best so option. I, I, I need to pick somebody. I can't sit here and say no trades. Okay. Well, if it's not Wardlaw and it's not Ford because they've only played one game – yeah, uh, I'm having a look through the list right now. Is it McAndrew who's just played one game? No, it's not McAndrew because Hickey's back this week. Uh, Phoenix Spicer, no, it's not him. Um, he does not have high enough. Is it uh, Weddle? Fleeton, Cam Fleeton. I mean, every other GWS defender has fallen over at this point. Yeah, um, it's got around got 15 the, by, which is not ideal. Not great. He's got the potential to stay in the side though. Um, besides that, <laughs> hey, jury is only 112k. <laughs> That's oh, you got him. You could get Cadman. Um, yeah, thanks. Cadman, 147K. He's only uh, averaging 24. Yeah, and he's got 18 on the weekend. It, it's really bad, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't say it's good. It's fl- it's it's genuinely fleeting it's a this Briggs? week. <laughs> Can't even get him on field anyway. Nah, it, it's genuinely, it feels like fleeting this week or like you don't get a rookie. I'm not going to mid-pricer. I understand wanting Wardlaw a week early. I just think against Collingwood and with the injury history, I just think you're starting another snowball effect that just doesn't end well. But who would you then You'd be playing Drury on field? You want to play Sharp on field if Wormsfield drops? Like you've got to no, pick somebody play, in, in, this, in this gun-to-the-head scenario. You don't have a choice. of None is not an option. Otherwise, you're playing Drury on field. Wait, so you, are you saying by keeping Clayton Oliver or are, you, or are you just saying in general? Well, for me specifically, in, <laughs> all, in all cases, it ends up with Drury on field. <laughs> in your case, I understand it a lot more. If you're, if you're trying to get if a 40 off field, Oliver, I understand yeah. it a lot more. But if you're, if you're going to hold Oliver and, and get Wardlaw instead, I wouldn't do that. I would just trade Oliver. What about Fife? It's 243K. When Fife plays a game, like a full four quarters, I'll be highly interested in what he can do from that point onwards. Um, he hasn't done that yet, and in my opinion, he won't do that for at least another fortnight. I think they get him to his bye as the sub. There's yeah. going to be a game where someone probably goes down injured and maybe he has to play three and a half quarters instead of three quarters, but essentially he is not ready to play four quarters of football yet, so he cannot be an option for Supercoach. He... I thought he looked pretty good when he was on. I mean, he gave away two 50-meter penalties playing forward because he doesn't know how to play forward. He just knows how to play mid- as a midfielder. Um, he was on track. I mean, two 250s against. He would have been close to a 70 score by three-quarter time um, when they put the vest on. And he got, I think, what was it, 48% CBAs off the top of my head as well. So his, his yep. role was decent. Obviously, he went forward and gave away 50-meter penalties, so that wasn't good. But I think at a price of only 240k 
there's 100K potential money making in there. Eventually, but it's just not now. Yeah, like his break even is still about 60, 64 or something. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head. So I, I just think. I think he'll be sub again, subbed out again. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and, and if he if he's not if he scores 80, 80 plus, then we're like, oh well, he's gone up four k. So let's just get him now then. Um, Josh Weddle <laughs> is two hundred and thirty k with a negative seven, uh, negative forty seven break even. I think so. The difference between like Weddle and Humphrey is, I think Humphrey. Humphrey has like a role. His role, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not even like an amazing role, but the thing is, he's playing like to this his disability where technically with that role and a good ability, you can average pretty well. But I think for Weddle playing on a wing for one of the worst teams in the AFL, like even he, at he your was very more back best. back pocket than wing, I thought. Uh, he, he was playing like defensive wing. That's how he kicked the goals because he was running all the way back up. He and kicked the goals be fair, because there was like 22 players from either side in that forward 50 for the entire game. <laughs> no, there that really was, was the most embarrassing game of football I've seen from a club ever it wasn't, in my life. It wasn't good. And it was, it it was, was did make it, make it hard to judge. But I think primarily his role is not meant to be back pocket, but it, there was a lot of freedom. And they were doing whatever they wanted that playing against yep. Witches Hats. But he's going to... He's got Port and Brisbane after the Saints game, and I think both of those matchups are bad. So if really you bring, bad, yeah. If you bring him in now, you'd probably do make 60K, um, but then you're not, I don't think you're going to be getting great scores. I just, Port yeah, I don't, I don't think there's room to downgrade this week. I don't think there's a rookie that I want this week. And I see the most popular trades live right now. Number three is Sam Simpson to Eddie Ford, and I think that's a big mistake. Against Collingwood. Uh, there's every chance Eddie Ford is out of this team in two weeks' time yeah. with, a, with a 30 and then a you know something and then a sub-appearance and then he's gone. Like People trading in Eddie Ford right now, he could be great, but you could be just making a huge error. It's not worth having a 123 guy stuck on your bench for the rest of the season for. It's not. Like, no matter what the situation is, if you feel like you need to make an upgrade this week, I didn't make an upgrade two weeks ago because I didn't I didn't feel that the the players that I would potentially be upgrading to um, and the rookie that I would then have to get for that, I didn't feel like that sacrifice was worth it. So I didn't do an upgrade. And I, I scored well this week, I'm surviving, like, and I'm making a double upgrade this week or a sideways and upgrade. Like, it's just... I think you can just – I think it all seems so desperate at the time. Like you have to keep on top of these premium upgrades, but you don't. And coming into the buys, as long as your your players on field are like not scoring what Simpson scored for me or Drury, um, I, I just I just think you have to just keep on keeping on. And if that means holding trades for a week, it is what it is. If your rookies are like extremely dire – um, like I understand you're in that position yourself and, and there might be a couple of others like players that are even dropped from those options that you have. I can maybe understood, understand someone like Wardlaw early. That's probably the only situation I'd even consider it. And it's not for Clayton Oliver or anything like that. It's not to trade him in to cover Clayton Oliver. It's because your rookies on field are, are doing so poorly and, and so, they might all be dropped sort of thing. So... Eddie Ford's priced at 123k, not because he's like hasn't played before. He's played eight games. He was priced yeah. at that because that's what he averaged um, last yes, season. Correct. He has a season average of 16, but 
to be fair to him, one of those was a green vest zero, but the other two were a 33 and a 16. And then in 21, um, he had four games, an 80, and two 37s and a 36. So I would lean towards, against Collingwood, a score closer to 37 than 102. And that would make me very scared to buy him early just to see him out of the team in two weeks. I already got one of those in jewelry. I don't don't need to get a second one. But we'll agreed. see. He could put no, out 100 yeah, this week and then I'll great. get it. He could be great, but agreed. Um, so <laughs> that doesn't really leave us in a position to... What about Atkins? Like, well, 290K. He was another one I was going to bring up, but it's it's... It's not the same as Humphrey because I actually believe in Atkins' role. I think he's a 70-plus average. But with back-to-back 70s, he has the exact same issue in a sense that he makes 60K with back-to-back 70s, but then he's priced at like 70. He's priced at 350K, and then he really needs to spike. Um, and does he have spike scores in him? He scored 102 against Brisbane this week. He could potentially have a spike score, but... You're trading him in for two tough games and then a buy. Um, depends how long you want to hold him for, but he tops out at his buy, as does Humphrey. Um, it just makes it it makes it a tough sell because you could be doing it for like what if he scores sixty this week in back to back sixties? He just makes fifty K and you're trading him out at his buy for fifty K two trades. Like they're just too expensive to start playing around with, I think, yeah. these guys. I feel like his Biggest concern for me isn't the scoring potential. I do believe he'll score well. Yeah, it's more the job security. Like he's one bad game away from being dropped. Yeah, that, that's that's likely true as well. Hopefully it's for Constable. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've got those guys me. kind of tethered together right now, so I wouldn't hate Constable coming in and making 100K, but... Um, that yeah, would be it, unbelievable if he could come back in this week. Could you imagine? Like they just have someone They play who, him on field. <laughs> He would be on your field. Um, yeah, okay, interesting. So it's tough. We're not really recommending a rookie this week, which I think is very unique. And I think it, even in past seasons, I would recommend. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Going early. This season, it feels really wrong to go early. It feels like karma is catching people out and going early on rookies and, you know, unexpected rookies are getting dropped or scoring poorly or getting injured. Um, and you're just, you're already left with too much deadwood, I think. So you yeah. have to have a really unique situation where you've got rookies and cash gen um, coming out your backside where I, before I would start saying, oh yeah, get Wardlaw on to cover a 40 on your field. It's yeah. just really unlikely. Can I just say though, as an, for North fans out there, Wardlaw and Sheasel, that center bounces like what a combo that's going to be for the next decade they looked unbelievable i mean there was yeah. 
literally could look at Wardlaw look like chasing around like a madman. It just reminded me so much of Oliver and she's all playing like a Petrarca type role. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are so good and so young. Like it, I, it was I a happy day to be in Northfall. I understand so, booing Horn Francis, but like how can you be mad at what you got in return? Because both of those guys are going to be incredible players. I think it's a lot of excitement for the club. Absolutely. They look so good. Like, geez. I mean, Sheasel's role was bad, JB. And I was like, oh, no, it's come to the end. We're going to have to trade him. He's playing like half forward, half midfielder. This is terrible. And then he's just so good as a player that he still scored well at Supercoach. I think there's every chance people will look to either make him their loop between forward and defense or... Um, they'll look to sort of upgrade him. Maybe he's a, some people's way back into Clayton Oliver. Um, but I think yeah. there's the potential that that happens in a few weeks' time. There's also the potential that he's just like continuing to average 105 plus and just going crazy every week. So he's literally had two subtons. One was a tag and one was a bit of a strange sort of bashing by Port. So like besides that, he has been perfect all tons throughout the season. So Collingwood this week be will be a big test if he has that role. Well, you don't tag though. We don't tag, and I don't think we'll put anyone on him. But if he's playing half forward against Collingwood, yeah, like that's it's terrible. Tough. It is tough. Well, so we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, like, I'm I'm really okay with you know A's against the good teams and yeah. tons against the sort of absolutely not bad teams, but like terrible the, teams. Well, Sydney's not a terrible team, Shocking but it was team. a close game. Just the worst like, team. After Collingwood, he has Essendon and GWS. I expect both of those games to be tons, even in a sort of half-forward, mid-foot role. He's still got like 11 CBAs. Yeah. I mean, he was so good as well. He, he could have kicked two more goals in that last quarter. Like he, he, he left a 140 on the, cart, on the table. He's very good. Um, okay, so back to Clayton Oliver. We, we just need to go through who we can potentially trade him to. Yep. Um, and I know that's a long list of players. We're going everyone to in midfielders. the <laughs> um, It is pretty much everyone in the game unless you don't have Bont um, is pretty much the only guy who's going to stop you from doing it in one trade. Um, Petrarca is $100 or less, so that is a, a consideration. Well, let's start there, to be honest. Do you think people are in positions financially to just make $100 on this trade? Getting a guy averaging, you know, he's going 117, but his last five weeks have been about 130. Um, do, does he go better with Clayton Oliver out of the side? Does he get more attention? Um, he, yeah, he's essentially the same price. Yeah, I think that I would. I don't think the money matters that much to most people because you've already paid up for Clayton Oliver and cash gen for majority of people shouldn't be too bad like it is for me. So. I, I wouldn't don't mind doing the sideways to Petrarca, but I, I I didn't like what I saw last week just in terms of that ankle. They were worried throughout the week um, that he'd rolled his ankle. And then I, I just didn't think he looked as good as he had the weeks before. I didn't know if he was just having a bad game or if the ankle did impact him. I think he came home strong to get a good score. He was doing really poorly for most of the game. Um, and I thought, oh, he's going to be really cheap when he puts out a you know seventy score, and then yeah, managed to work like his that. way. Yeah, he worked his way to one hundred and two. I think it's fine, and Petrarca is like a really, really, really good player. But I just, I don't think it's my number one option to go to this week. I don't. He's not even really in my top like three 
yeah. maybe top five options. Um, I find it really difficult to justify. I know a lot of people aren't in your financial situation. I got two of the three guys missing out on Weddle being the one. Um, and I still feel like I don't have the money to sideways to a Petrarca. I, I feel like that's luxury spending that I can't afford at the moment. Um, so I'm seeing it as an opportunity to get – I'm just going to go straight to him. The guy that I'm super, super keen on, I spoke about him last week in my captain video, Zach Merritt without – you know he's missing a lot of midfielders uh, in and amongst bombers at the moment. She'll hopefully back this week to help him out. But 162 against Richmond, one of the more predictable high scores um, in my opinion, now has West Coast, North Melbourne and Carlton in his next three followed by Fremantle after the bye. It's looking pretty good for Zach Merritt. Um, and but there's a chance West Coast throws someone, you know, to, to sort of follow him around a little bit, but um, I don't think they're in a position to, to do much or to, you know, trouble someone much for, you know, more than a quarter and a half. So I think Zach Merritt over the next three weeks could be a top 10 scorer in the game, top five scorer in the game even. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, 582K is... It is really, really difficult to pass that up if you don't already own him. Yep. He'd be my number one option as well. I mean, I already got him last week, so happy days. But he is the guy to get if you don't own him before this run. I think he will get a tag by Xavier O'Neill, but whatever. you know. Xavier O'Neill, though, he doesn't tag in the CBAs. He... So when yeah. there when there's a ball there's a ball up or a, a bounce or whatever, um, Xavier O'Neill is not in that CBA. He doesn't get CBAs. So someone like Tim Kelly or um, whatever will be on Zach Merritt um, and maybe just sort of minding him a little bit closer than what they usually would. Um, but then after that initial CBA, then O'Neill comes. So Zach Merritt can still be a clearance machine um, and still do everything that he sort of does. Besides, maybe he might lose some cheapies for a quarter and a half, but. I really don't think it's as big a deal as like a, you know, think about the days where Brent McCaffrey used to sort of hold someone to a 50. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to be like that. Yep. No, I'm with you. My favorite guy is Rory Laird at 597K. If you don't own him already, break even yep. is down to 99. Um, he's coming into a decent run of games. I mean, Brisbane this week, Gold Coast, West Coast, Collingwood, North Melbourne, Essendon, GWS, um, outside of Collingwood. Huge. Yeah, outside of Collingwood and Brisbane this week, it's a really, really nice run. And he didn't get subbed off, which he'd basically been like, I don't know, three times this season. Um, so a big 145 looks really good. I think now's the time to get him probably at one of his lower prices for the season. So I would be be jumping on board now. The sub off 98 against St. Kilda was his first uh, sub ton at Adelaide. Oh, no, his second sub ton at Adelaide. Oval. He yeah. stepped on against Fremantle for a 97. Yeah. Okay. Well, there goes that stat. But essentially, he, <laughs> he generally does extremely well at Adelaide Oval. So even the game against Brisbane at Adelaide Oval, I think, is fine. And then West Coast and North Melbourne at Adelaide Oval and GWS. Yeah, and those, And then he versus Gold Coast again in round 21. Oh, yeah. Um, and West Coast again in round 24. I mean, he just lock has, him in. Yeah, he has a really good run. So, yeah, absolutely. If you don't own Rory Laird, um, I would take the opportunity now as it stands in front of you. Um, another guy that I like a lot, um, had a very good week again this week. Lockie Neal has now fully bottomed out, um, we hope. 
128 in his last two after the strange 63 against Carlton. Um, his break-even is down to 85. He's got Crows, obviously, this week on the other side of that fixture. Um, Hawthorne the week after his bye. It, it is a bit hard to sort of talk to people into trading someone in right before their bye. Um, but I think a break-even of 85 and against Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, I think it's going to be a decent matchup for him. Um, and then it's in a bye where I don't think people are – people are pretty much neither here nor there. They're not great on it. Um, they're not horrible on it. So if you can afford to get him in, I think it's a pretty good week to do so for Clayton Oliver. Um, and then following that, he's got uh, Hawthorne, Sydney, St. Kilda, Richmond, West Coast. So um, they'll get a bit of a soft kill as well. Three of those games at the Gabba, um, three of those five. So I think uh, Lockie Neal is back. I have faith in him. So um, I think he's a good selection as well. I'm still a tiny bit scared. Like the price is really good, so that's why I don't mind it. But he's still averaging 110 for the year. I know he's looked, you know, really poor in a lot of weeks, but <laughs> that's um, my problem. No, I agree. But 110 looking really bad. Maybe, maybe this is the week where he looks bad in the first half and, and unreal in the second half. But he can't keep. Like, there's no reason for him to keep looking scoring bad. poorly every week. Yeah. Like he's a champion. Um, so I think he, I think we see him turn it around, and I'll just jump in front of you for my last one that I really enjoy before we sure. start going left field. No, um, left field, it's one obvious one. Sorry, Jack Steele is my guy. Okay. Um, so just to explain his scores a little bit, he scored 126 against Port, which is great. I traded him in against North Melbourne, so I've been watching him since then. He scored 95 in a strange game that really didn't yield many tons at all. Um, I'd like to actually go and look back at that one to see how many tons there actually were, but it was it was very little. It was a very weird game between those two. He was then subbed out in the early in the fourth quarter against Adelaide on 84. Um, looked like a, a, a 110 plus gone begging, um, and then he scored a 135 against GWS. So in my opinion, he's got what three 115 plus scores, but one was just the sub out, unfortunately, on 84. So what it's done is it's kept his price low for people who might potentially just want to keep looking at him for another couple of weeks. But now the break even's 86. He's got Hawthorne this week um, going into his buy as well. I think he's a sublime pick. I think he's going to be really good for the run home. Um, and he's one of those guys who still has, you know, he's got Hawthorne to verse twice, Gold Coast to verse once um, North Melbourne, West Coast, all to verse as well. So uh, Richmond twice as well, which I think is a very, very soft yeah, kill very for good. midfielders at the moment. So I'm very confident on Steele in the run home. He's a big tick for me. I mean, the only asterisk I still put is worrying about an injury that may or may never occur, but you can't argue the run's really good. The price is the best. <laughs> like the price is incredibly, incredibly good. Yeah. Imagine getting 130K to go Oliver to steal. Like that just sounds too good to be true. Um, and his scoring well, I think well. a lot of people need that, even even though they might not think they need it right now. I think a lot of people, that juice, that little bit of cash will help yeah. so many people um, over the next few weeks. And as much as you might not realize it now, um, it's really, really bloody good. It's almost like you're going one up, one down when you do trades this week with that. Yeah. No, no, it's, that's fair enough. I think the guy that I like... Probably more than Neil is a little bit of a POD, but he shouldn't be because he's the sixth highest scoring midfielder, and it's Caleb Dan Sarong. Houston. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> he he's six hundred and twelve k, so he's pricey. You do make fifty k at least from Oliver, so you get some money. Not like um, Petrarca. He's got a break even of ninety six, but 
His year has just been incredibly good. He's averaging 116, um, three rounds and five rounds average of 120. He's had one, two, three, four, five games, so half his games above 120, three of them, four of them above 130. Um, I think just watching him play, he's taking his game to another level. He looks really good. He was even tagged against, I think it was Hawthorne, he was getting a hard tag and still managed to put out a 105. Um, yeah, he's been tagged a few times for a few really low tons. That's pretty much his low tons this year are his tag games. So when he's not tagged, he kind of scores like 120, and when he's tagged, he scores like the flat 100, which I think is really good. Um, and he's just not in that many teams at this stage of the season. So you can get a good POD that's got a high floor, which is what you like to see, a decent ceiling as well. Not the high ceiling, but still pretty good. And Fremantle looking like they're hitting some sort of form. So if you're going to get Fremantle on an uptick and they start winning games, it's only going to be good for guys like Sarong and Brayshaw. And I trust Sarong a hell of a lot more than I trust Brayshaw for only 40K difference. (laughs) That's what I was going to mention is um, is Brayshaw, the biggest tick for me for Sarong is when Brayshaw came back to his form, 134 against Sarong, Sarong still put out a, one, a big 130 plus as well. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to see is that they could both score well together because I, I, I always assumed Brayshaw, although I don't think he's going to be consistent for the year, um, I assumed he was going to be back in some form um, and, and getting you know good tons you know, here or there, at least every few games. So um, I was like, is that when Sarong's going to start putting out 70s, 80s? I, I don't quite know. Um, I think now we know both of them going 130 plus this week against Sarong is huge. Um, I know they won that game. It's not like usually a game that you would expect them to win, but um, especially this year. But his, his, his draw following the bye, Richmond GWS Essendon straight after the bye, um, I think he's going to be a really, really fun player to own, not just this year, but for probably years to come, um, Sarong. So... Very good call by you. Now, I'm at, I might venture into a different line. Yeah, do it. Um, I'm going to point out Tom Stewart. If you're not already an owner of Tom Stewart, he did drop 17K this week with a 91. He's 583K. Um, I think, importantly, his other defensive comrade, um, Jordan Dawson, is about to bottom out. Um, so these guys kind of bottom out at the same time. So if you want to get the guy with a really, really good buy, um, coming up against GWS this week, which I think is an incredible matchup for defenders, followed by the Western Bulldogs, which I know is an incredible matchup for defenders. Um, I know his break-even is 128, but he's more than good enough value to go early on, and there's every chance he he puts that break-even behind him just this week. Yeah, I love Tom Stewart. I think he's fantastic, and the buy is like an extra bonus because if it's saving you from a donut in one of the buy rounds, which I know it will probably save most people that's just points in the bank that you wouldn't have otherwise had so it's uh he's he's super super good jb there's a guy here and i know you want to talk about him because his his form is incredible in comp. it it's incredibly good and at 629k midfielder we're talking about tom liberatore um he he is averaging for the season 120 um, this is not who I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I got you psyched and hyped up and then just the, the old quick, quick I'm fake out. I'm upset. Um, no, apologies. But Libba's season has been nothing short of extraordinary in terms of Supercoach. I mean, he's put out three games above 140. 
Um, and his you know, last four games, 140, 100, 141, 126. I know the buy is bad, but because of that as well, he's an ultra PRD at someone who's pretty much right up there with the best in the entire game in terms of midfielders. It's, it's pretty much just like Bont, Oliver, and Libba. Then there's like a little bit of a gap. Um, is he somebody to consider at 629k to move forward? They've got a stupid amount of games at Marvel Stadium. I just counted the, the eight of the, of the last 13 is at, are at Marvel Stadium. It's that is crazy. insane. Crazy. That is that is insane. Like it just um, says Marvel, Marvel. Like oh, it's it's just yeah. They've got so many games, and if I look at you know his last Marvel score, one forty one doesn't doesn't read too badly. In a one twenty earlier in the season, um, is should he be on people's radars? Well, yeah, he absolutely should. I think in an ideal world, he is um, in your midfield in your final team. The problem is, is six hundred and thirty k and the bad buy. Um, he's really someone that I don't, I, I, I struggle to justify until after the buy, um, and then at that point it's round sixteen. You've missed three Marvel games in a row against Geelong, Port, and North, um, and the game against Gold Coast. He might just be too expensive. I don't think it's going to work out for a lot of people and Liberatore this year. Um, if you are in a financial position, by the way, don't DM me. Asking if you're in a good enough financial position to get these guys. Like, look at your team, look at your rookies, look at how many upgrades you need, and, and tell me if you can make your upgrades. Look at the guys who you're going to need to get, like the Dawsons and the, the Stewarts and the, the, the midfielders, probably the Clayton Olivers after this week, and tell me if you think you can make those upgrades, like, realistically in the next four or five weeks. Just just a little side thing there because I know everyone's going to message me like, hey, I know you said that if you can afford Tom Liberatore, like, can I afford Tim, Tom Liberatore? And it's like, I don't know, man. It's your team. Um, <laughs> anyway, Tom Liberatore, 630K. I just think he's going to be – I think he's just going to outprice everyone. He, he, Like, we just left it a little bit too late before he started trusting him. He started at 575K. Um, he had an 87 in week two, which is his only subtone for the year. Um, that kept him under 600K until round six. And then at that point, it was 140, 100, 141, 126. And it's like, well, now I trust him, but I, I can't afford him. So um, it, I think he just made it a little bit too difficult for coaches. But if you're lucky enough to be in that financial position, then he's an absolutely um, he's a flawless pick, I think. So good job by you guys. He could be the best pick. Could be, but I'm going to give you one better. Yep, and it is it. the most informed player in the competition <laughs> by three-round average. Okay. And that's Zach Butters. I'll give it to you. Dan Houston. You cannot get Zach Butters. Okay. I won't. I can't Coming off him. of a 184, he's 620K as a forward. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. That is insanity. His break-even is 33 um, but if you look at his scores throughout the year, it, it took him – he had two tons in the first seven weeks. I know he's in unbelievable form. He's played two of his bunny teams, Essendon and North. He, he plays the other – He's got he, his next two bunny teams. He plays teams. the other one. <laughs> he's Richmond next week. Um, and he doesn't want Hawthorne either. But essentially, um, he'll come down eventually. Uh, you can't pay six, over 600K – for someone like Zach Butters, who is still injury prone, um, 
is still prone to be wrapped in wool. He's a huge part of Port's success this year. Um, I think he's less likely to get wrapped in wool than last year when we started horribly. Now season was pretty much over from day five. Um, but this year, uh, he's just not going to keep going 125 plus. Um, eventually, that will come down. There'll be a couple of sub-tons. And then if you're in a position to sideways someone um, to him, then potentially that, that's your option, but not for 620K this week. But is this projected to almost reach 700K? I feel like... He's that good. If, if he gets to his buy at 700K, would you just sideways trade in Oliver? No. I don't know. Because he's the best player in the comp. He's going to outscore Oliver on the run home. No, but Richmond, he's projected 124. That is severely unders. He'll he'll, he'll beat it. He'll beat it by 25 points. Um, And then then he's projected 142 against Hawthorne. That's fair. It's crazy. (laughs) He's projected 150 against Essendon. um, I mean, that's that's just not not happening. That's unders. It's he loves Essendon. I know he loves, he loves Essendon. Essendon. It's just Essendon. not happening. There's, nah, it's, there's, too many, there's too many games here that like, I'm sure he'll average 100 plus on the way home, but if you're He's not projected cash, to go under 100 for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. <laughs> Look at that. It's, it's stupid. Uh, it's, this, this, I love Butters, don't get me wrong, but he's not a better pick than, than Oliver on the run home. <laughs> well, I agree to disagree there, mate. Um, All right. Well, no, no, no. I yeah, think it's let's not get crazy. Um, he's in good can, form, but he, we can he's discuss prone to something and injury sure, 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 as well. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I was going to say people may have thought, well, why not Dawson? Like, why is now not the the time to get Dawson? But Dawson's break even is so high. Like now's the exact time when not to get Dawson, so that you can get him thirty k cheaper next week for like five hundred and eighty k. Um, he's six hundred eighteen. Dawson Dawson is the fourth highest break even in the game this week. Yeah, one seventy three. So he is projected to fall 30K, which for non-owners, they're probably licking their lips at the moment because even Me. after this week, he'll be his break-even probably goes down to like 140. So he could have two, two weeks of potential price drops, and that's when you jump on because he's been so hard to get. Um, it's, it's crazy though, JB, that after his season where he's essentially been unobtainable, he's just going to be under his starting value. <laughs> Next week. Yeah, in perfect time for the buy as well. He'll probably be under his starting value maybe marginally right at his buy. And it's like how much stress did people sort of exert into getting him at 620, 630, 650K? And it just – it teaches another valuable lesson is that these guys come back down eventually. And it's only really like led last year – and Clayton Oliver last year, and then Clayton Oliver this year, um, that don't do it. That don't like sort of drop below six hundred. But even they get to six twenty, um, which Clary has done this year. So look, it just it's never really worth it. And the guys that consistently do it, like Clayton Oliver, I think we just need to start next yes, year. Yes, I hear you loud and clear. I know this um, is targeted at me. By the way, I hear you hundred percent loud. Who, who and do you clear. think has the highest break even in the entire game? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know, Jared Lyons. Oh, he's second though. Um, oh, that was a good guess. It was, was a good it? guess. His, his break-even is 188. It's Noah Anderson. His break-even is 201. Would you trade him out this week? Is it 630K? 
because you you could you could take a hundred k and go to steel. Uh, like, why did you trade him in? Like, you you point chased that one eighty nine, didn't you? And now you I got mean, a one. Let's say you now you got an eighty eight where he got tagged against West Coast. <laughs> let's and say seventy three against Brisbane. You brought him in no, five five fifty. One percent of the competition started him. There is we are not talking to one percent of our not even one percent of our listeners would have started Noah like maybe three listeners right now started Noah Anderson. I'm not talking to three listeners and wasting everyone else's time. Okay. Well we can that's page just keep Noah Anderson. Um so keep, keep him. He's got Bulldogs, then Adelaide. Then he has his buy, which is the best buy in the competition. Then Carlton Hawthorne. I, I think you just keep him. And if you want to sideways him to – who was I talking about earlier? Liber. If you want to sideways him to Liber or Butters or something like that later, then go for it. I was going to say Dawson. Uh, if you if you saw that 173 and you thought, wow, he's good, then you saw the 152 and you panic bought him before Hawthorne um, for 667K. That was a very popular move that week. His, his ownership shut up by 9%. In his last five games, he's averaged 106. And he's going to have lost about 100K. I think it just, I know there's hindsight, but I've, I made a, a very bad decision boosting and took for you know 640K that week. I'm sure there was better value like Sicily, 100K cheaper that I should have gone with. And obviously, you can't predict the injuries, but still think it was probably too high of a price to pay. And that will be your lessons learned uh, at the well, end. Well, he, he was on forty, like a hefty way into that third quarter. Yeah, it was goodness score. He was going to drop. Sorry, like 40 it was an injury, anyway. but he was yeah, it was a hideous score regardless. But um, it is unlucky, but it just goes to show. Yeah, that he would have gone under six hundred k. Yeah, if absolutely. he played that game out with no injury. So it, it just it happens. It happens to everyone. Besides. Clayton Oliver. Yeah. And Bont. <laughs> um, and this year, yeah. So okay, I'll start those two next year and nobody else good. That's, well, that's bon- uh, maybe English as well. English might be getting up there each year it gets better. But um, Jermaine Jones has a break even of 152 and he's 390K good. Good and this he's year. been very good this year. He's been back-to-back subbed in back-to-back games because of injury. No. Uh, want to keep your eye on then I guess JB right <laughs> yeah that's my that's that's my JB fun fact to end the podcast um, and that will end the podcast do you want to do that little sign out thing I know you enjoy doing it alrighty thanks everybody for listening we definitely appreciate you listening this far in the season stick with us through the buyers because it will be a nightmare not for you well I mean probably for you but definitely for me <laughs> um, and for us but you can catch us on uh, Twitter at Dr underscore SC uh, you can ask us individual questions if you want you can find JB at JB underscore DRC and you can find Cheezo at Cheezo underscore SC um, can't find me and we will catch you next week I think you said every one of those handles wrong. Did I? Um, you said Cheezo underscore SC. Oh, yeah, I did. It's Cheezo underscore DRSC. I think he dropped the S from me. You said DRC. DRC. <laughs> DRC. There we go. This is what happens right. when you're podcasting at quarter to... It is uh, late. It is half, half an hour. To, I don't even know what the time is. Quarter past 11. Half an hour to, to, to 5.27 yeah. past 12. Half an hour um, to quarter to midnight. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you guys next week.